Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics, life and the Trump presidency. And before we start this episode, I'd like to draw everyone's attention to our new Not the New York Times offer, which we're offering to encourage readers to subscribe to The Spectator's US edition, which is excellent. I edit it. Uh, And the reason we're running the Not the New York Times offer is because we are very unlike the New York Times. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the famous newspaper, uh, the most famous newspaper that America has, recently hounded out one of its best editors uh, because the paper had published a slightly controversial article. Uh, The paper's staff, and bizarrely many of its readers, now demand total conformity of opinion in the opinion pages. We think that's very boring, and we want to tell America that The Spectator is different. We are a magazine, not a newspaper, and we take a very different approach to journalism. We've been around longer than The Times, in fact, 23 years longer to be precise, and we encourage our writers to disagree with each other. We want arguments, and we want people to disagree. It makes for much better reading. We also try not to take ourselves too seriously, and unlike the grey lady, as the New York Times is known, we never confuse the serious with the dull. We're new to America, and we want Americans to know what we're all about, which is why we're offering this special Not the New York Times offer with 50% off the normal price. If you go to spectator.us forward slash not dash NYT dash, and you enter the code N-O-T-N-Y-T, you will get 50% off the Spectator's US edition. Please take up the offer. I'm joined today by Jacob Halbrun, who is editor of the National Interest, a frequent guest on this podcast and a much-valued contributor to Spectator USA. And we're going to be asking, is Biden blowing this election? I say this because there's a big fuss going on at the moment over his remark yesterday where he said... He suggested that the African-American community was monolithic. Unlike the Latino community, it was a gaffe, a classic Biden gaffe, which he's since apologised for. And Trump is now tweeting that he is no longer worthy of the black vote. But it seemed to be this sort of capped off actually quite a bad week for Biden. I think overall his polls are narrowing. And to my mind, the more he becomes uh, the focus of the race the more he will mess up, the more people will see his weaknesses as a candidate and the more likely he is to lose. What do you say to that, Jacob? I think that Biden is still in terrific shape because his greatest election ally happens to be the man occupying the seat in the Oval Office, Donald J. Trump. And I don't think that Trump will be able to capitalize on these racial issues because his own record is so checkered. It is interesting that even cloistered in his basement, Biden is capable of occasionally producing a gaffe. Imagine if he were out on the campaign trail every day. Then I think Trump would be doing much better battening off of Biden's constant miscues. As it is, now that the pandemic continues to worsen in the United States, in the rural areas as well, where it's where it's encroaching rapidly, I think you couldn't have designed a better climate for Joe Biden. Inevitably, he will produce another gaffe. It's remarkable that on this issue, 
where he already shot himself in the foot over a month ago with his remarks about African-Americans, that he would repeat his blunder again in new form. You're talking about when he, he said you ain't black if, if you're thinking of voting for Donald Trump, is that? Exactly. Yeah. This, again, further ups the pressure on him to select a black woman as his vice president. He has really put himself into a corner on this issue. I do not think that he can select Elizabeth Warren or another candidate who is not an African-American. He has to solidify his support in that community. The support is there, but he seems to be, if you would, you would speculate, he almost seems to be trying to erode it through his peculiar statements. Well, there is an extent to which Biden's lack of wokeness or his inability to be woke makes him quite likable to a lot of voters who are otherwise alarmed at the sort of militant PC-ness of the Democratic Party, is there not? Yeah, I think another element is that Biden is engages in braggadocio. He's overconfident. He, he, he tries to display a kind of swagger with statements like, you ain't black. The comment about diversity in the in the black community is though is is simply peculiar and i I guess i suppose you might be right it testifies to some sort of antediluvian uh understanding of it who knows what's going through biden's brain though do you actually no i mean it seems to be uh not exactly all there the brain Though the argument against that, Freddie, is that he's been a gaffe machine all his life. I don't really detect a significant deterioration in his mental processes. I don't know if, if Jeeves' statement about Bertie Wooster calling him mentally negligible is fair, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how much of a deterioration is actually taking place. I don't think Biden ever was a, a super high IQ individual. Well, I would say, I mean, I know he's always been uh, a, a gaffer, but I would say now he almost gets away with his gas more because it seems to be, you know, a sort of slip of the brain rather than he's he's got some problem. Right. Well, Trump this morning referred to Thailand as Thailand. So yes, he's not uh, unfamiliar with this territory either. Yes. Well, it, between the two of them, there's quite a few uh, gas in the making but do do you think going to the back to the vice presidential point i mean the favorites now seem to be kamala harris and susan rice we the politico i think suggested that it was down to those two what do you think about that do you think she do you think harris or rice would would shore up the black vote in the way you're talking about i think harris would help i'm not sure about susan rice rice is a creature of Washington, D.C., and I'm highly dubious of her political skills. She has operated in the corridors of power, but she has not been a backslapper or a baby kisser. She has no political constituency. I'm hard-pressed to see what she would bring to the Biden campaign. Harris, I think, would be far more effective and able to wield the stiletto during the campaign effectively as well. She's tough, uh, even and can be quite nasty. 
but she doesn't seem to win voters, at least not judging from her presidential campaign. She didn't do well, but, you know, the, the first thing about the VP, it, it really is like the Hippocratic Oath. It's first do no harm. Biden is so far ahead in the polls. He, what he doesn't want to do is commit some kind of a uh, terrible blunder. And Harris has already been vetted. It's doubtful that there are any skeletons that have got, been undetected in her closet. And she's been through the process. She's been on the national stage uh, as a senator, and she's a known quantity. If I was Biden, I would take her in a heartbeat over Susan Rice. And how do you think it would affect the dynamics of the race? Do you think Trump would find it easier to attack Susan Rice or, or Kamala Harris? I think Rice would be a more inflammatory target because of Benghazi and because she's so closely linked with the Obama administration. If he picks Harris, it is a more forward-looking selection, someone who did not serve in the Obama administration. Harris could, could be quite effective as his, as his VP candidate because she will be willing to get into the gutter in a way that Biden will not. Yes. And do you, do you think um, the reason they are delaying, uh, they seem to have delayed the decision, um, they're pushing it back, do you think they're panicking? Do you think they don't know who to go for? Well, there are two possibilities. The first one is that Biden is havering and can't make up his mind, which would be a bad sign for him. The second is that the longer they wait, the more they build up the suspense and the less time they give Trump to be able to attack whoever they choose. I think the campaign made a mistake in saying that they would, have, that they would announce it already. The smart thing to do would have been to say nothing and then just simply announce it on the eve of the pseudo convention. Biden doesn't have many cards to play in terms of attracting public. His presidential choice will dominate the airwaves for a day or two. String it out as long as possible. Well, my theory is that he doesn't want to dominate the airwaves because every time he does, it seems to backfire. Well, with the with the VP choice, if you pick someone like Harris, I don't see it. The the you run into trouble when you take unknown quantity like Sarah Palin, uh, or even Susan Rice, who's a, inherently such a controversial figure. So, I think you know. Taking taking the airways for a day or two with Harris is is not would help the campaign. The interesting thing is that Trump is has been largely sidelined during this campaign. He really hasn't been focusing very much on Biden. He keeps attacking the Democrats in Congress, Nancy Pelosi. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi is happy to be attacked all day long. When he calls her crazy Nancy, he's that's those are valuable days and hours that he's not targeting Joe Biden. Well, he's targeting the, the, the radical left, as he calls it, and, and the, you know, the, the mayors and the, and the governors of, of states and cities who have, to his, to his eyes, and in fact, to, to most people's eyes, have not controlled the riots. Well, if you look, if you look at the polling for the governors who who took assertive measures, those Democratic governors like Gretchen Whitmer, their polls polling is way up. I don't think that this is an effective strategy for Trump. I think he has not figured out how to define Joe Biden and has been grasping at straws so far. 
until he can figure out how to demonize Biden effectively, he's not going to win this race. But again, that's again another problem for him because he he can't demonize somebody who is quite obviously a bit senile, right? You can't. Well, I, again, Freddie, I don't know why. I, it could just be that I'm being obtuse. I don't see Biden as senile. When he uh, speaks impromptu to the reporters, as he did if, last week, I think, he or earlier this week, he was, he was pretty effective. Mm. Do you think it's just a right... You think it's just a right-wing talking point to say he's... I do. I, I just don't buy it. I mean, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy to acknowledge if, you were, if he was doddering or senescent... Uh, the other problem for Trump in pursuing this line of argument is that it further antagonizes seniors who are who are the dominant voters in America. If he keeps calling Biden, you know, uh, acting as though he's practically drooling, uh, I, I don't think it goes over well. And I think Biden is projecting as dynamic an image as he can. You know, also his insistence on wearing masks his preparation for the convention. I mean, he's done everything right. It's Trump who has been all over the map, you know, having shifting the convention from North Carolina to Florida, then retreating from Florida. I think Biden largely has Trump on the run. Well, I would have agreed with you a few weeks ago, but I think that the polls are tightening now. I mean, there was a poll yesterday uh, which had him three points behind nationally. If you look in all the swing states, uh, the gap is narrowing all the time. We're heading into September now when voters really start to focus on the race. And as they focus on the race, it seems to me they're becoming less and less enthused about Biden, who up until now, they sort of probably thought of as this good guy, you know, maybe a bit weird, but uh, a, a, a sort of effective statesman. And now they're seeing that perhaps he's, he's a weaker candidate um, than they hitherto realized. Well, it would take a total collapse, which, you know, you can't preclude from Biden. I don't think the polls are tightening so much as that Trump's collapse has stabilized. I, you know, a rock can eventually fall and hit the earth and stop falling. But it is true that Trump's support at, at 40% does seem to be extremely solid. But he has a lot of problems looming, which is that job growth is way down for uh, for July from what it was in June. Congress is stymied on an, a package of economic boosts for the economy. So we we could be entering a moment of, of great peril. And Trump himself, so no leadership on any of this. Also, the coronavirus is surging in rural areas, which is where Trump's main support resides. So I do not think that it is all looking like champagne and roses for Donald Trump in the coming weeks. Quite the contrary. Well, you would agree that you would. Would you say that Trump is a better campaigner than Joe Biden? Uh, no, I don't think Trump is running an effective campaign and I don't think he's a good manager. But by campaigner, I mean traditional campaigns of going out on the stump and, and doing rallies and things he's like been that. robbed of all his weapons. He, he's not going to be able to deliver a convention speech. He's not able to hold rallies. Trump is an impresario. He's not someone who governs as president. 
he creates the optical illusion of being a great leader. He's not able to do that right now. Yes, but I mean, there are optical illusions on both sides in that Biden's been stuck in a basement while his campaign effectively runs runs his campaign for him. His staff run his campaign for him on social media and through videos. But it's it's clearly that he is running a good campaign or his staff. I mean, ultimately, he's the boss. What he's done is he's made it impossible to define him as a candidate. Mm. And that is the key to his election strategy. If you want to win, you have to be able to be somewhat amorphous to the to the populace so that they can project their aspirations onto you and see what they want to find in the politician. And Biden, I think, has done that pretty cleverly by avoiding the left wing of the Democratic Party, by and large. If he veered too far to the left, that's when the real trouble would start. Well, a lot of people thought that his VP pick would have to sort of bow to the left to appease the left, but it looks like they don't think that, or, or that doesn't seem to be a, an issue. No, I mean, I, the campaign itself has said we're not interested in the woke liberals at the New York Times. Well, that is good politics, I'd say. Thank God for that. <laughs> well, on that note, Jacob, I think we'll end it there, but please do join us again soon.